Welcome to the Between the Ears podcast. This episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Mike Giardina, or as most in the CrossFit community know him, Mike G. Mike started CrossFit all the way back in 2005. For you youngins, yes, CrossFit was around back in 2005. Mike has pretty much filled every function uh, within the space in the training and education side. He's worked as a trainer at a CrossFit affiliate, as well as a CrossFit seminar staff flowmaster and content supervisor. In the competitive side, he's both competed at the CrossFit Games and served as a CrossFit Games head judge. His accolades and letters and numbers and whatnot after his name are also impressive. He is a certified CrossFit coach, which is a CFL4, and he has two master's degrees because, of course, if one is good, two is better. Uh, he has a master's degree in exercise physiology and another uh, master's of public health. Currently, Mike works as CrossFit's senior manager of health education, uh, or as most in the space know it as CrossFit Health. Now, this isn't taking anything away from all of that, um, but what is really most impressive and respected about Mike G is not what he knows, uh, but that he is a student and continually learning. Someone who's been in the space for, you know, damn near 20 years, um, multiple degrees, undergraduate, graduate, practical application. Mike's a student of life. He's always learning, and that's just inspiring, refreshing, and uh, hopeful when you get to sit down and talk with someone like that. And it really is in this student of life mindset that makes Mike a leader in the space and, frankly, a natural fit for between the years. There are very few out there with the education and experience that Mike has. So to sit down with him and just have a good chat was like just truly special. Mike's an awesome dude. Uh, there are tons of nuggets packed into this conversation, and it really was just an honor to um, to sit down and talk with the Mike G. Uh, you can find Mike G on Instagram at Mike G underscore AF, and for sure at CrossFit Health. If you find the podcast valuable, please leave a review. We also have a YouTube channel, so go ahead and subscribe where you can witness and visualize in person uh, or digitally rather sometimes the awkward hellos if you want to support and engage the dose is the best way to do that nine bucks a month for a weekly workout that will expand your mind push your body and provide material for the exact kinds of conversations and insights that we discuss with guests here on the podcast so please check all that out and our new site at btwntheears.com for all the good stuff to include upcoming seminars, which Mike G will probably be at. So, without further ado, here's the show. Hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> hey. Here we are. Here we are. Mike, welcome to the Between the Ears podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here. It's uh yeah. Honor. Awesome. Um, would you mind answering this question? Sure. That <laughs> <laughs> awkward way to ask it. <laughs> pre-question question and you wonder why people are afraid of you or you don't have one's afraid of me um <laughs> the people who are afraid of me are no longer here uh <laughs> <laughs> mike uh who who are you who is who is who is mike g Oof. uh wh- who am i well, we'll just start with, we'll start with what I do. How about that? All right. So, sure. um, yeah, I'm, um, I work for CrossFit and that's, you know, how we know each other. Worked there since 
geez, 2007-ish. It's kind of the entry point into employment with CrossFit. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, was that as a level one person or? That was, was that like a- interning, like the old school interning. So done with the, my, my own level one, training at CrossFit Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience at the level one was like, Oh, you got to think like 2006, right? When I went through, right. just fitness was way different. I mean, yeah. way different than it is now. I mean, a lot of changes have taken place and CrossFit and, you know, functional fitness, whatever you want to call it, is extremely mainstream and you see it everywhere. But back then you did, you just didn't, right? Right, right. And uh, so Greg was, um, instructing and lecturing at that seminar and I, I remember leaving and just being like my mind is blown you know oh, i was in school right. at that time i was in school for my bachelor's in uh, exercise science and kind of went against mm-hmm. everything that i was being taught at the time but it made sense you know um mm-hmm. as much as it could don't get me wrong greg talked way over my head at a few times but even that was pretty awesome so Anyways, the experience was amazing. And I went back, you know, I started training at CrossFit Atlanta and coaching there and everything. And I was like, man, I want, I want to be a part of that experience. So uh, Dan, the owner of CrossFit Atlanta, had a uh, good relationship with Greg. And he would, you know, because back then affiliates were small and they just weren't, they weren't right. everywhere. So Dan would help out in the Southeast um seminars which would happen like once a month you'd have like one seminar back then that made it to the east coast or southeast and he'd help out he'd bring medicine balls and barbells and like whatever he could bring and so i started going with them to help and i honestly didn't realize i entered an internship process (laughs) (laughs) i just like was involved and i really enjoyed it and like i started getting like smaller tasks like hey do you want to run the pull-up station you know and that kind of stuff and and then all of a sudden they were like hey we want to build an east coast team like you want to do this and get paid for it and i was like well that sounds amazing and uh 2008 i was employed and you know traveling around the world teaching seminars and I was, cool. I mean, I did, I think, I think I did over 400. Um, oh my God. I know. Right. And then, uh, which was an experience that I, I wouldn't trade for anything. I mean, it did get to the point with travel and hotels and, you know, airlines and all that kind of stuff where I was like, man, I just can't do this anymore. I couldn't be away from the kids yeah. anymore. But there were some years where like in places I got to visit and people I got to meet and cultures I got to experience that you just, you know, and yeah. all while talking well, about something I'm super passionate about and that could potentially, you know, have this trickle down effect to really change a lot of right. lives. So it all, it all just like is amazing actually. Yeah, it was cool. It's cool. The, like a lot of people travel for work, but I think what's unique about traveling for CrossFit and the seminars is you're like immediately immersed and welcomed into like the locals and like the culture. Whereas like if you're traveling for work and you're like bumbling around like, oh, I wonder where we should go to eat. CrossFit, you're already like, you're experiencing everything in like a very hometown kind of way. Um, totally. And that's, that's probably like pretty unique. I mean, some of my best memories of like dinners were like going to um uh going to argentina and then just eating like a whole bunch of like steak and meat and drinking wine at Pablo's house you know and he had this massive this massive like brick grill in his backyard huge and just like threw a bunch of meat on there and had some like good Argentinian wine and just sat there and just talked to yeah. like all his people and, you know, the people from the gym. And, and that was, it was amazing. That was such an yeah. awesome experience. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was great. And then, you know, once that, I don't want to say it ran its course, right. But things run their course. So you can just get to the point where you're like, I just, it was great. I just can't Try do it. it. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I always said if at that point, if seminars 
were if I could do local seminars on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I could potentially do that for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? But the kids are playing sports and you start losing weekends and then you get delayed and cancellations and all those different things like they add up and it was time. Yeah. So uh, that's how I got into more of like the content and education side of CrossFit, um, which eventually kind of morphed itself into what it is now, um, where I entered into CrossFit Health because CrossFit Health had changed directions from its inception, which was really dealing with the mess behind, um, you know, research, pharmaceutical industry, big soda, all those other big corporations that kind of were infiltrating research into something that now is what we consider um, bridging the gap between healthcare and fitness, which is essentially, you know, educating healthcare professionals, not just MDs, really any healthcare professional about the efficacy of lifestyle changes like CrossFit and nutrition, sleep, stress management, all those different things. And how that is true health care and improving health right. versus like versus like treating sickness. But with that education and exposure to CrossFit and community and those types of things and healthcare professionals and MDs, um, they can use that and actually educate and create action with their own patients, what has this like cyclical effect into patients experiencing CrossFit in one way or another, and then hopefully making their way into the affiliate and then having the life-changing experience that we've seen a lot of people have. But then also taking a lot of what we're learning from these healthcare professionals and MDs and then, you know, finding the right mode of communication and language to, um, provide that to coaches and then affiliates so that they can use that with their, athletes right and the people that walk in the gym so it's a it's a it's a cool reciprocal relationship that we're creating here um we kind of see ourselves as the middleman and that's the idea behind crossfit health and like kind of where we're going now yeah yeah it is it is also like a a cool resource just from a end user like random person right like to tackle that you guys you know crossfit tries to Big CrossFit, I feel like, tries to provide resources for affiliates in this bigger way. And it's definitely addressing all the things that are becoming more mainstream, like the Huberman, the Chris Palmer, like all these things that maybe all affiliates aren't sitting around listening to Huberman or Peter Atia, but from a CrossFit source, someone they trust, like there's some education around like, yeah, to your point, sleep, stress, health, nutrition, not just so it's it's non-dogmatic in many ways. And I've appreciated seeing like the, the breadth of what you guys put out. Oh, cool. It's Thanks. not, uh, yeah, it's not so singular. And I think that's very healthy for, for the CrossFit community to, to see. Yeah. No, that's yeah. awesome. I like, think. Um, yeah. Sorry. I no, no, no. Off. No, I was just going to say like, that's honestly, you know, I started, helping with content and health about a year ago. And that was really our goal is to, all right, who, you know, how can we make a lot of this information more accessible to the community? Um, So yeah, it's cool. It's cool to like hear that, that, that was the, um, well, we, you know, we, we hit that result. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What have you learned from the, healthcare professionals from the MDs, from the, you know, NPs, whomever are kind of, you know, you talk about this reciprocal relationship, which I think is like a really awesome way of describing it. And I'm curious, like, what have they taught you? What have they taught CrossFit um, so that you can, you know, continue to, to, to do the mission of CrossFit and CrossFit Health? Well, I mean, there's a lot, right? And it can get very specific. You know, I think of things like, you know, we talked about Chris Palmer just now. I mean, you think about, I mean, you know, there's there's a ton to learn in something like mental health in how maybe the way that we've thought about it for so many years 
provide some explanation, but not all of it, in that there might be something that links all these explanations together, like you know, metabolic health and mitochondria, which when you when you when you take something like metabolic health and mitochondria, you know, you can make that accessible and understandable to not to say, and I, I don't want to talk down, I'm not saying this in a way like talking down to affiliates or coaches. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't mean accessible and understandable because they don't understand mitochondria and metabolic health. I mean speaking their language in terms of what they can do to affect these areas as, as trainers or affiliate owners. You know what I mean? So, um, and then how, how, what does that affect? You know, what does that affect on, on not only physical health, but mental health? So, you know, there, there's really cool things like that. You know, I think when you, a lot of the nutrition stuff, um, comes to mind when I think about what you can learn from healthcare professionals, like, Dr. Robert uh, Saivas has some really amazing things on, um, you know, carb addiction and some of the mindset behind making, you know, with his practice, it's nutritional changes. But when you talk to him, you know, you can very easily see how this applies to any type of behavior change that right, um, right. you're going after here. Right. So, you know, those are two that come to mind very quickly and, and you know, I can, probably tap into i mean geez you know i just talked to um um lane norton and alan aragon uh who you know they have similar beliefs in nutrition than as crossfit but not completely so i mean there's a lot to learn there too like hey um what is really the most important part of nutrition like is it does everybody fit into one bucket is it you know hey at the very least you need to make sure that you're getting the right amount of proteins and then you know as long as the carbon fat sources are from good sources then they kind of wash themselves out and you can play with those really based off of your own goals right if it's like maintenance goals, weight loss goals, maybe the carbs go down and fats up as long as your protein hits the right amount. Or if it's performance goals, okay, well, maybe fat goes down a little bit and carbs go up because you have to support performance. But, you know, there's a protein intake that, that you know, everybody should be having uh, or a range that everybody should be having. So there are things like that where, you know, you learn from it. It makes you think a little bit more. makes you think outside of the box. It makes you explore different things. Um, I'm not going to say it necessarily makes you change your message right away, but it, mm-hmm. it forces you to take the time and open your mind to changes, right? Like, Hey, maybe, maybe we can change something. And, and, you know, one of the things that, and I know I'm kind of rambling here, but one of the cool things about nutrition after talking to so many people, whether it's like, you know, someone who's carnivore, ketogenic diet, a little bit higher carb, like a Lane Norton, or, or Alan Aragon, or, you know, you, you look at the CrossFit nutrition recommendation, you're like, wow, it's pretty solid. Like it hits everything. Right. You know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. eat good food and then find out the right amount and ratios that work best for you. Like, how do you, yeah. how do you change that? You know what I mean? Like it's, and it's like the yeah, thing, you, know, you, you talk to anybody and, and there's, even even the people who have the there's no bad food belief will still say things like you need to watch processed foods because of maybe it's not for the same reasons maybe it has maybe they don't think it has anything to do with insulin or those types of things but it, you definitely have a higher chance of overeating and if you overeat and then you have too many calories and that can go right, into the energy back balance. to the same but it's problem, yeah. it's the, still the same thing you know it's like the bulkier food should be whole foods, yeah. you know, natural foods. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's cool. It's cool. Like when I think about everything I've learned in nutrition through talking to all these people, I wouldn't change anything that CrossFit recommend- recommends, but you just learn that, hey, everybody has different needs within this umbrella of this recommendation, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And it, it is cool that the under the understanding is you do need to experiment and it's not totally 
Yeah. And like, here's the, the constraints, the, the sort of guidelines and, you know, and I think that is something that generally does happen with, you know, the CrossFit community is looking to, um, yeah, optimize more than maybe other, like as a whole, they want to do that work and tweak things and try things. And that's really cool to see. So, yeah. Experimentation. I mean, there's so much to be gained from that. Right. I mean, I tend to go back to a standard way of eating that works really well for me, but I will experiment with things just to see, right? Like I did, I did three months of carnivore, which was right. cool, oh, yeah. but it just yeah. wasn't my thing. Like yeah, know, yeah. I had right, nothing right. wrong with it. And yeah. I've seen it work really well for people, but for me, it just was not great. Yeah. Um, but doing that experiment, I was talking to a, a member of ours today and, you know, um, Peter Atia has a new book out and he was saying that his, he wanted to do the nutrition chapter to just be like a page. And it just was like, these are the only things we actually really know about nutrition. And so it's kind of interesting, like there are a handful of things, but the rest is sort of individual or experimentational or you know, what, what you're dealing with. Um, but what is interesting, I mean, I've done vegan, I've been a vegan. Of course I've gotten some recently too, which was, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I've gotten, if, as if you, you can did know, it when you were younger, at least you'd be like, Oh, well you were young. And- right. No, this was, <laughs> I, yeah. Um, and you can imagine some of the people that might come to mind in our, you know, shared circles that maybe sure. gave me some flack for that. But, um, <laughs> yes. but I, I tried it for like a year. Uh, wow. It was during my Ironman, my Ironman training. So I kind of was just like all the way on that side. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't regret it. Like it was an interesting experiment and I can now speak to like, I've, I've tried that. I've done that. Um, similarly, like we've been doing the ancestral thing, like a little more meat, fruit, like it's just cool to try that. And yeah, say like, this was something that I gleaned from it and I'm going to take on and, put forward and like how I eat. And this is something like, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't, didn't work for me and leave that behind. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, I, I mean, I'd laugh, but I've definitely toyed around with the idea of going vegan for the experience, right? Cause it's one thing to mm-hmm. talk about it, but it's another thing to experience it and then have those yeah. talking points to kind of back it up. And like you said, you might learn something from it. You know, I, even with the carnivore thing, it's not for me, but I, I did realize like, Hey, you know, eating more meat, having a higher level of protein. I didn't need as many carbs right. to support what I was doing. I actually do pretty well on a low to moderate carb, even with volume mm-hmm. of training, like it doesn't affect me that much. So there are things yeah. that you still walk away from, um, even if the experiment itself, or, or you don't, you know, continue on with that experiment, there is still success in learning from it and either say, learn from it and say, none of this worked for me or learning from it and say, Hey, there are a couple of things that I can move forward with. So, yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. That notion of learning, like what's awesome too, is that that's, you were in, were you in your undergrad or ma- or graduate for your um, exercise science in did both, uh, while, while, um, working for CrossFit. So I finished up my undergrad, um, and then got my master's while traveling around. And I mean, it was like the perfect opportunity, right? Like you just work yeah. on weekends and then I can go to school all week. And, yeah. and, um, and then, so yeah, I got a master's in exercise science. And then years later, once I came out to California, I ended up getting a, um, Masters in public health. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. And I think that's what's really neat about your journey, hearing it, that you were getting your undergrad in exercise science, Mm -hmm. which like no shortage of doctors and letters and names and labs and all of that, you know, textbooks and big words. And then you, your mind was opened by the level one and this thing, which is not long words and craziness but an elegant uh an, an elegance and a attractiveness to oh i can actually we can actually do something with this mm-hmm. like i remember teaching a level one i don't know where it was virginia beach maybe and the, the dude was a master's of exercise science and he's like 
we have still yet to learn how to squat. And he was in like my squat scoop or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, look, I didn't get my master's in exercise science. I don't, that's not my background. So like, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like I can't really have an opinion here, but like as someone who's. He meant in his education at that point, he yeah. had not yet learned yeah, yeah, how to yeah. squat. Yes, okay. Yes. Yeah. I was just clarifying. Yeah. Cause Sorry. it sounded like. So yeah, he's here. He is getting his like final semester of master's degree, and he's like, we still haven't actually like taught anybody how to do anything. We've just it's been limited to labs and words and pages. And I was like, yeah, you. There's a lot of value there, but like, whereas you might have read a thousand pages, we've sort of taught a thousand people, and so you know, bringing them together, um, and hearing your, you know passion for learning and your mind opening, I could imagine where perhaps many of your classmates at both the undergraduate and the graduate level, if you didn't defend the crown, you know, it's like, no, you got to defend the crown and, and not have anything that flies in the face of it. But the thing that flies in the face of it is the little wedge of, well, let's see what else there is. And yeah. that notion of curiosity leading to learning and continuing that as really like, part of the just ethos of 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 living and life is uh is is really cool and now to see you you know what however many years 15 years later in a position of like influencing that for for others so that they can continue to learn both on the medical side to the affiliate side to anybody who you know basically can improve through through movement uh is really that that's that's really cool to kind of in my mind, I'm seeing like this trajectory, this arc of your of your journey. That's sweet. No, I appreciate that. It's it, it is interesting um, because I started my my bachelor's because I, I wanted to teach and I wanted to teach in academia and I wanted to do research, right? So, um, but yeah, so you know, going to level one, it just kind of it opened everything up and didn't really change necessarily what I wanted to do yet. It was actually during my my master's program. Um, I will say I would totally agree with the um, the participant you had talked to because really, I mean, I, I did take like a like a weightlifting kind of course, but we weren't really taught hmm. how to even move much, but definitely not how to teach people, right? And the master's degree was highly uh, research-based um, a mm -hmm. lot to do with the um, different machines, devices, and things that we used, as well as like manuscript script writing, which I, I will say, like I, there was there was a lot to be learned with improving writing skills and those types of things. But mm. but uh, the other part of that is out of the entire master's um, class that I went, you know, those two two years with, you know, I, I don't. I can't pinpoint one of them that went on to get their PhD and actually teach and continue research. So what does that mean? It means that the rest of them somehow went into industry and in, in likely <laughs> fitness without mm -hmm. the ability to really teach coach yeah. fitness. Right. right. So it's a very, it's a very int super interesting that a lot of these master's programs are, um, directed towards this tiny, tiny percent of students that actually move on and do research, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. the, the other part of that though, is like, I felt pretty lucky to be involved in CrossFit at the time because there was a lot that I learned, you know, by either doing research or studying it, whatever it is that I could apply and see like, wow, this is potentially like how, how and why CrossFit works so well, you know, right. like they're, you know, so that, that was pretty cool. And it definitely helped with the learning of the material. The other thing that was really cool is my professors were very open-minded, you know, like some of them were, you know, thought I was crazy for doing it, but if I wanted to do research on it, they're like, yeah, you should. And in fact, one of them, uh, Dr. Yuri Fado, um, helped, you know, he came in after I was already started my master's degree and he had started doing CrossFit and also, you know, got the bug. Right. So 
we took the biomechanics lab and turned it into what looked like a mock affiliate. And mm. a lot of the research that came out of Kennesaw State until he left was CrossFit-based, wow. um, which That's was really cool. cool. So even though there was some dogma, there always is in academia, <laughs> yeah. there was yeah, an open-mindedness that I appreciated um, at, that, at that university so yeah. and, and throughout that department. So that was cool. But I will say also, yeah. like with my with – my, um, goal to, to teach and educate, man, like once you, once you kind of go through teaching at level ones and level twos, you have a chance to teach at academia and you go in front of 50 people that are 100% focused on what you say and they're in it right. and they have great questions. And then you're in the lab class and you're teaching 30 people and two of them are looking at you and 28 are on their phone. You're like, yeah. no, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go right. this route. Like, I want to educate. Yeah. Right, right. I, yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. I can fulfill my goals to educate on this stuff better elsewhere. Elsewhere. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's how, you know, and it's kind of morphed into, into this thing. And um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, the, the, the ability to work, and feel like I'm educating or, or helping create education for um, healthcare professionals and doctors is like, I mean, geez, you know, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's cool. It's yeah. amazing. So you guys recently did a little interview with, you know, Bill for CrossFit Health, but it's kind of, um, and that was more, that was like mental health focused, but you have done one of our, sort of mindset workouts. Um, mind opening workouts. Mind opening workout. Um, which is, we're, you know, it's kind of cool to have you go through that since um, you guys talked about things and kind of to our point of like studying the pages and talking about the theory and then maybe experiencing something. Um, and I think that's what's the most challenging in the space of what we do with these sort of bringing fitness and mindset together is. Uh, you know, the quote, I think it was something that we said pretty regularly at CrossFit seminars. Um, when people would ask, like, well, tell me what CrossFit is. Tell me what it is. Like, just describe it to me. And like, I want to know. And the answer was like, just come, just show up at like, you know, 10 o'clock. And you you can only describe and articulate something to a certain degree. And then the rest is experiential. So you um, were dosed, as we like to say, with one of uh, Bill's uh, workouts. Our, um, our workouts. Our workouts. <laughs> it's yeah. our workouts. That's right. Um, yeah. Most of the time, I'm part of the experimentation process where I'm like voluntold to uh, participate and see how things go. <laughs> I like um, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so tell us, you did. I think last week's, which was um, the mindset was stick with it. No, see it through. See That's it the through one you it. did, right? With the yep. sled. Yeah. So tell us kind of just whatever you feel like sharing, like how, how was that? How did it go? What, what was that experience like for you? And, and do you do workouts like this? Have you done something like that before? Or Okay. Yeah. Let's start with that. So, one of the things that I realized is that this level of thought, because, you know, because I was going through this, like I, I really tried to pay very close attention to the thought process that went on throughout the workout, right? So from the start, minute to minute, let's say round around, minute to minute, round around, but then, you know, 15 minutes in, you know, different checkpoints. And I do think the the one-minute break really gave me a chance to, you know, settle down a little bit and take some time to think about it, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things I noticed is that this level of thought tends to happen in almost every workout that I do, right? I'm just not, I, I, you know, I'm just usually not as aware of it. 
One of the things I used to always tell people when I was working out is like, I didn't like loud music. Um, I don't like fast music. I didn't like these things that distracted me from what was going on and what I had (laughs) to do to finish the workout the way I wanted to finish it. And I felt like, you know, loud noises, somebody in my ear ear counting down 10 to one or three to one and telling me to go like was very appreciated, but it was very distracting. Like I, you know, I, um, anyway, so, so my point was like, so I, I think this stuff happens pretty naturally for me and probably a lot of other people out there, but what this workout did is okay. And now let's be really aware of it. And that's what I got out of this. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, like, because the parallels of the thought process and the actions in a workout like this to instances in life were like, it was, it was, it's very interesting, you know, it's super interesting. And you, you can tend to see this, I mean, and this is my experience, but you can tend to see this quite quite often in, in a lot of different endeavors that you go off after in life where it's like, you're excited, you're all in, you're all in in the beginning, like, let's throw 100% of everything I have into this, like, I'm going to sell out and, and, and get this thing done. And then, you know, in, in this particular workout, I'm a quarter of the way in, and it's not super difficult yet, but you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's pump the brakes a little bit because there's a lot left here, right? And now I can start to see, okay, what's kind of what's happening? I'm getting a little bit of, a, of, of like a stimulus behind what's going on here. And I'm starting to realize I need to make an adjustment, right? The course I'm, I'm currently on, like, I'm, I'm giving too much of myself right now. And if I continue to do this, I will completely break down and never see it through, right? Like Mm -hmm. I need to pull back a little bit, take this assessment, see where I am, and then potentially adjust the course, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's what I had to do. And like, you know, about a quarter of the way into this thing is, okay, how do I conserve energy? And it ended up getting to this point where every minute off, I would assess like, okay, what was that feeling for that round? How can I give just enough to complete the next round? Right? Mm-hmm. And it, you know, right. in the beginning, it was like, hey, do burpees as fast as you can. And then it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you got a long, this is a long road here. And if you give everything you have too early, like you're not going to make it, you know, especially with, with the goal. Like my goal was to finish. I I wanted to do the the 20 burpees. That's what I wanted to do. You know, I felt pretty good that morning. I did. Yeah. Nice. And it became, and it became, but because I, you know, and, and it's one of those things too, you know, this other part of it is like, Hey, I started the workout with, with no real thought of prior experiences, of learned experiences. It was just, hey, it's excitement. Let's go. You know, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, within the first quarter of it, it's like, wait a minute. Well, let's think, let's think about where other workouts, other experiences I've had like this and, and start to play this out a little bit. You know, because if I if I keep it up this way, yeah. like it's, I've I've gone too hard on a workout and imploded and, and couldn't finish. Like I that those things have happened, you know. So right. tapping into those past experiences and, and changing course and how I thought about completing it um, was a game changer. And like I said, it was just like, hey, this next round needs this much extra effort to complete. Mm-hmm. In my head, though it was the accumulation of burpees was a lot, the thought was like one more. How much right, effort right. do I need to complete yeah. one more? Yeah. It's it's interesting that you went out with a goal. Like you said, I want to do and that's what's kind of cool about some of these. Like I it didn't occur to me to have like a goal. 
on like how many burpees. It was just sort of like, see what happens. But to your point about life, um, yeah, like having, it's just, it's just a funny um, parallel to, to different things and, and how you experience them. But I did a, my experience was when in that initial 15 minute time frame, there was a lot of like looking back, like maybe, maybe the sled's too light. Maybe the sled's too heavy. Maybe I should be going up by twos. And then it's like, just, just hang on, like kind of the same thing. Like just sort of pump the brakes in a way of like, okay, let's not make these decisions. Like all of a sudden be like, okay, I'm just going to go up by twos or I'm going to put more weight on. So I'm going to take my weight. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got to the halfway, I decided somewhere in 10 minutes, 15 minutes at the halfway point, I will start going up by two. Mm. Um, so there was sort of like a, I guess somewhat of a little goal, but then it was like, we'll just see what happens. And to your point of imploding, um, yeah, I hit 19 of 20. And then from there it was like, I think I saw 18 once more and it was, you know, I was thinking, oh my God, like this is like a whole different 59 minutes ago, this was like a joke. And now I'm barely clinging to the, (laughs) to the workout, but it's, it is just so fascinating how people um, can approach these things with the same constraints very differently. And and some of the point of this workout was also choosing, like you have a choice in some things. So. Yeah. And you guys talk a lot about that, right? Like with, you know, this idea, idea of agency, like, Hey, there's, there is that choice, that control over what you do, but also what the result of that is, right? Like, what are those consequences yeah. of what you do? Um, and yeah, you know, like, it's funny you said, like, with a goal, I, I, there are definitely workouts I go into with without a goal, but I would say that most of the time there's some goal. And the goal isn't always like, I, I didn't know if the goal was going to be 20 on this one. Um, because, you know, I had seen this, you sent this to me, you know, how far in advance it was, it was quite some time. So I had time yeah, to think about it time. and you know, you know how it is like I'm 42. So yeah. some days I wake up and I'm like, let's go. And a lot yeah, of the other yeah. days I'm like, eh, he's in at 85% tip, you know, got to wake up again tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I felt pretty good. I felt pretty good. And I was like, okay, I, burpees aren't my favorite, but. It's like, I'm going to go after this one. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because that's how you kind of, sometimes how it is with life and a goal, right? Like you have a goal and before you really think it through and come up with the strategy that's really going to get you to that goal, you just, you, you go all in and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I still want to get this goal, but I need to have enough. Like if I give everything to achieving it, I might give so much by the time, by the time I get there, like, look what I've lost, right? If I get there, right. look what I've lost, you know, friendships, you know, whatever, you know, family, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things that people tend to sacrifice in order to achieve a goal. And you just got to weigh it out and say if it's worth mm-hmm. it. Right. So and that's yeah, or of, you burn out before you get there. Or you burn point. out before you get there, right? Yeah. So for, for sure. And that was a lot of the thought here within the workout. And I will say, like, I didn't get super philosophical in the middle of the workout. You know, it was always no. about yeah. the workout, you know. So yeah. when I started thinking about these things, um, it was about completing it. And then afterwards, I was like, wow, you could really, this is when you can really start yeah. making those connections. Um, and it was a little okay. bit after, it wasn't right yeah. after, right after I, I, you know, if I look at my notes right after I, I kind of just talked about the thoughts to complete it. Like I knew I had to get mm-hmm. to 18. I knew that's where at, at 18, I knew it was going to get super difficult and there needed to be mm-hmm. a new strategy. And at that point, I mean, the only strategy I had was like, you can't think about anything else. Like the entire sled, every step, all I repeated was the number that I had to do for burpees. Wow. And I just said 18, mm. 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, mm. until I stopped. You know, about 20 seconds of break. 
You know, I do the same little pattern of walk, put my hands on my knees, wait for the three, two, one countdown, and then, and then go. Yeah. And um, wow. I always counted down. Like burpees were always counting down. Like I, you know, seeing because there's always some kind of visual aspect. At least for me, when when there are numbers involved, like in workouts, right? When I'm so it's, for me, it's like I, it's a visual, almost like mm-hmm. just. Ro- like it's just rotating numbers down, you know, 17, huh. 16, 15. It's I don't cool. think I have the mental agility to count down. Like I would think about, I think I would get lost somewhere in there. Really? Like I, but who was, there was some therapist person, I don't even know, doctor who was talking about the, and Bill might remember, like not counting to 10 like counting to uneven numbers. It was like an exercise science psychology kind of thing, like going to seven or nine and like how, because you have these predetermined like, like 10, like what five is like, what 10 is like. And like, I I don't know, but I listened to that and I thought, yep, that's me. Like 10. Okay. Got to 10. Now it's like, you know, five, but, um, but that's interesting that you have that, um, they are counting down backwards yeah, yeah and if the yeah, number's I big enough that's... i'll go i'll pyramid up and then i but i yeah. always want to finish on the way down so like if it's <laughs> 21 yeah. like a 21 15 9 workout i'll actually count to 11 and then 10 da- down to one uh-huh interesting wow okay this. we're learning yeah this Any is good so when you things. say who are you this is all part <laughs> of that answer <laughs> the next workout i do i'm probably going to try that and then be like what the fuck like what's why is there a f in there is there a letter yeah um yeah i mean i think you know for me when i did it um i had i I, well if i'm being completely honest i saw it and was like i don't i'm not going to be able to do 20 in a minute i'm I'm pretty sure that's going to be beyond my burpee capacity so i wonder you know if i were to redo it with that goal of let me actually set a goal and work for it, which means that that might be I come up short and I have to deal then with that disappointment or the humility of, of whatever versus ah, I'm just going to write myself off before I even do it mm-hmm. and find this. And it's not necessarily right or wrong, but like find this celebration, which I think is helpful for sometimes of like, well, that's cool. Like I got close, you know, versus like, the disappointment of not hitting the goal, which is part of actively living in life too. Like, yeah, there's going to be stuff that we might not always get to. But I had an interesting thing where at the, it was like two minutes in, right? And I'm thinking I could literally be doing anything else in the world right now and be getting a better workout, you know, because this is... Which no. is funny because it's like that, you know, that's not the point necessarily. I mean, yes, yeah. it's a workout, but no. you know, that wasn't the purpose. Listen, I'm not saying what goes on up there is 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 good, but um, you know, and then like around like the 40 minute mark, it was like, all right, this is you know, this is this is this is real now. This is this is definitely real. And I had this thing of like, at what point do your choices, which was part of this, was a an, an empowering workout to say, hey, make a choice, go through it, from the weight on the sled to you know, perhaps interval of the burpee and whatnot. But like, at what point is your choices kind of morph and change into your excuses? Hmm. And that for me was a cool, like little bit of awareness of like, hey, you chose to do this. Yes, it's tiring. Like, yes, it's difficult. And Maybe with a sled weight, like, okay, this is what you chose to put on. But, like, that's not the excuse to justify the reality of perhaps the effort. It's just the choice you made. And having a little bit of honesty with that and checking myself of, like, how convenient the excuse is when really it's just you chose this. Like, it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And um, for that, I was like, all right, that's cool. That was. Yeah. yeah and to your, to your point, the, the thinking like during the workout for sure, 
I think it's for most people, it's about the workout, but I do like the, the journal prompts, which sometimes, you know, it resonate some more than others with people, yeah. but it's kind of a good, like, I like them cause they, they do provide a little bit of like reflection and like, you know, connection to like something greater than just the workout. Um, and which otherwise maybe you wouldn't have that opportunity. And I don't know for, and I guess that's part of the physiology and psychology of it. Like having moved your body and experienced that process connects it in a more real felt way than just if you were to sit down and if it was just like a book of these mindsets and all you did was read them and do journals, like that would probably be valuable, but there's something about having gone through something that felt that you experienced that, that kind of thinking. I don't know how to articulate that, but yeah. I think, well, it's interesting with both the points um, you just made, you know, one deal with the point you made, it, it just reminded me, and it's not exactly, uh, the way you described it, but when I was training really hard and I was on a team in CrossFit Atlanta, you know, we're going to the games and stuff. We, we used to have this thing where if somebody, (laughs) if somebody pulled out a weight vest in the workout, we'd be like, Oh, so you just don't want to go hard today. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you made you're making this choice so yeah. that you can use it as an excuse later on. Right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's what you're doing and and that's okay. You can do that. Right? right? This is what's but yeah. that's why you're doing it, you know? Like everyone else is doing the workout without a weight vest. You don't want to push yourself. You want to use it as an excuse. So put the weight vest on and then pull back and you can use it. Like, that's okay. That's okay today. We'll, we'll take it. Right. It was just a funny, like as soon as you were saying that, I'm like, Oh yeah. I'd, and listen, I was, I did it. You know, there were times when I that's did it too. It was, like, it was one of those things where it was a joke, but it was definitely something that if you didn't want to push, just put the weight vest mm-hmm. on and you know, you know why, but it's okay. You, mm-hmm. you can wear it. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the other part, which is interesting in the workout, uh, Karyon, that you talked about, was like in, in the middle, towards middle towards the end, man, those rest breaks became so important. And because the other two minutes became very stressful, Right. I mean, the sled mm-hmm. it wasn't terrible, but it got hard, and it yeah, and it yeah. got hard because you were you were torn between push harder and get more rest, mm-hmm. or you know don't push as hard, but now you don't have as much rest for the burpees. And I couldn't decide like, am I lose? Am I wasting energy by pushing harder and trying to get more rest, or slowing down? Is there more friction? And it's like these are the thoughts that are going through my head right, right, in the middle right, right. of the sled sometimes. But anyways, my point was like those two minutes became very stressful. And that one minute to take that high level of stress and find a way through breathing and not moving and just being there um, was so important. And I, you know, I I was watching my heart rate quite a bit and I'm like, hey, am I am I doing what I need to be doing to prepare for this next round? Right. And it was like, mm. there became this pattern because I had to push down and back. So I had to switch the, um, mm-hmm. the posts, Pulse. right, for this, the poles for the sled. So it was like, and it became this like, you know, pull it up, pull it up. Right hand goes into this one, turn around, go to this one, put my hands down and then push. And then when I got to the other end, it was the same thing. Sit down on the weights, start breathing, you know, mm-hmm. take this chance to feel where I am, how I'm feeling, how much more can I push to just complete one more burpee? And it's Mm -hmm. like, man, like that's, you talk about like the psychology, physiology, say it again, the the physiology of psychology. Yeah, the physiology of psychology. Yeah. So when you think about it that way, I mean, you know, 
maybe maybe not that amount of stress, but you're, there's so many points in life where it's like things get freaking stressful. It's like, but yeah. you know, you can take that minute, find ways to calm yourself down, and think about how can I get through this next point. And mm-hmm. whether it's, I mean, the cool thing about a workout is you get to feel it real time right there. Like, you know exactly what's going on. Yep. Um, and sometimes you don't have that. You're like it, it, you're, you know, it, you don't have that same physical feeling in some of these other life stress, but internally, like it's all there. And uh, the, the um, process of, checking in with yourself, calming everything down, and then making that next plan to move that one step further. It's like, hey, you can take that with you anywhere. You know, yeah, that was the goal, right? And if it's like, hey, you know, there are points where, you know, you have to change the strategy just a little bit to get you to the end. And that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, your mm-hmm. initial strategy is not always going to be the one that works best for you. And in this sense, it wasn't. Yeah. Right. And what's cool about it is like you don't know what's – I always think about this notion of like a path, you know. And, you know, why, no path is ever direct and straight. Like that road that exists out in Arizona that like Forrest Gump ran down. Like there's like one of those, you know. And it's right. like, oh, okay, you could see for hundreds of miles. Every other path in life is windy and twisty and, and up and down and just subtleties, right? Like that's the other thing. You drive along the road in a car and you're like, oh, this is a flat road. And then you get on a bike and you're like, this shit's like a mountain. What's happening? That right? you feel in the wind. And, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it was always the same pitch. It's just that now not only are you paying attention, there's a felt experience mm-hmm. for you to like anchor your attention to. And the starter of the path or whatever that might be, you know, you don't know what's around the corner or the next corner. And it's not to say that you can't do anything until you know for sure, right? Because it'd be like, hey, you, go ahead. Tell me what's up ahead. And it's like, that's not obviously an effective tactic. But to have that trust, and we've kind of talked about this when we chatted last, like this trust in self that I can both begin without knowing what the next two or three turns are that I can't yet see. But I can also have the trust that if I need to make a change, I have the flexibility, the adaptability, the willingness, the know-how, whatever, to do that. That's in line with what my goal is, what my intentions are, what my current ability is. And, you know, that that is a really, I think, empowering theme and practice. And how do we do that? Because you can read all about this shit in the book. But like, oh, it's it's this experience that I'm in, I'm immersing myself in so that I can be like, yeah, this is, you know, novelty is a great fire starter mm-hmm. and a shitty fuel source. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, good, get it going, get it going. If that's enough, like, ooh, this is new, right? This is, you weren't thinking about past experiences. You've got, you know, decades of experience of being an athlete. And what started probably won't finish. Yeah. And to be present and to be aware and to tune the awareness into, what your intentions are, where, where the mind is going, what what's working, what's not working. Yeah. All of that is, I think, really like where there's so much potential to be extracted, but we have to go into it to extract it. When you talk about the novelty being a great fuel source to get people started, but I think about, you know, people who want to do a half Ironman or a race or go to the CrossFit games and they're like, they watch the games or, and they are fired up or they hit the button. Like you register for the race. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like the first two weeks you are like dialed in. And then it's like, there's gotta be something else that kind of, and an, and an understanding of that and, and kind of knowing that that's how it works that drives you further. Um, but that is so common. It's the mm-hmm. initial excitement and, and being able to utilize that and tap into it and, use it as a fuel source, but then knowing there's, there's gotta be something else that mm-hmm. kind of, because that's, it's going to burn pretty fast. Absolutely. I mean, even outside of this, you know, I, I think about that with, well, you know, with my experience, I think about 
what you just said there with CrossFit in general, right? And the, the novelty behind it, especially in the early days, was great. And mm. it did get you started and super excited and all in. But I think there were other things that kept you in the gym. Like there's the, you know, something, you know what I mean? Like I've never done anything in fitness in my life for this long. I've been triathlete. I've done, you know, the whole traditional gym stuff. And, you know, I sweat, like I've done a lot of different things, but there's something other than just the workouts that keep you doing this as long as you do. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's something that's super unique about that program. Um, but I do think... Yeah, and I think that... Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think that that's... It, it's great for people who are veterans of this to also know, like, there's repeating workouts, and that's always great to have, like, benchmarks. And then, you know, these types of workouts, whether it's CrossFit or even, you know, something like the dose, there's something... Like I find it refreshing. I do like one street parking workout a week. There's a little bit of that, like, ooh, mm-hmm. like there is that novelty kind of built into it. Maybe, you know, the other five days a week, you're kind of like, oh yeah, okay. But it is a cool program, these types of workouts that still provide a little bit, like there's endless, you're never going to like have done all of it. Like, okay, there's not a single combination that I haven't done. Like that's impossible. So yeah you know, you can run five, 10 miles, like people who are high level endurance athletes, like they've done it all, but this still leaves a little bit of that. Oh, I've not done that one yet. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you like finishing this work, that workout, you know, and, and taking the, the, the time to really be aware of my thoughts through mm-hmm. one hour of a workout was, I don't, I don't know that's something I've ever done. And mm. wow. it was really, it was really interesting to just like see how the mind wanders and the thought process behind it and how, yeah. how the goal never changed, but the way I got there did, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like mm. three distinct phases of like, you know, you're all in, do everything, you know, just go as hard as you can. Then it was like, all right, hold back. And you think about the next round, you know, how much can you, how much can you give for the next round? Then it was like 18, 18, 18, 18, you right, need right. to get through this round, you know, like yeah. you got to see, like, you got to just like get through this round is what you need to do right now. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and three completely different strategies that were used to reach a goal, right? And I think like, yeah. you know, something That's we cool. learned from that. Very well, it's cool. cool that you now have access and you can do one a week. And I know. Here we go. Yeah. I mean, Time to do some, uh, some like, 10 meters. Yeah. I know. I know. It's kind of one of those where you're like, ooh, when you've done it before. Oh, yeah. It's like, e. Yeah. The, the mindset's a good one for that one. But, that is a good yeah. one. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, cool to have this conversation kind of make a little bit of a loop of what started as, you know, who and curiosity and learning and to have that be sort of what was experienced and then hopefully continued is uh, is really cool. Really, really cool. Yeah. No, I, I will, one, thank you both for the opportunity to experience this and continue to. And I'm, I'm extremely excited about, I mean, being involved with this once a week and learning, yeah. learning, you know, here's the thing, like learning, learning more about myself. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. one of the things like I, I really got out of this was like, hmm. you know, like I didn't, I didn't know that's exactly what went on. Like I knew I yeah. thought through workouts cause I didn't like distractions, but really paying attention to those thoughts and how they changed and morphed um, throughout the 60 minutes was like, wow, it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And I think it is a cool thing for like people ask about like, what, what is, what is this? What, what do we do? And it is a cool thing 
getting to practice that, but doing fitness. Like yeah. it's for fitness people. If you don't like fitness, like this is probably not, yeah, this is not the kind of mindset work you probably want to do. Go find something else. But for people that already like fitness, I think that once a week opportunity to, it, it's, it's, it's gotta be, it's great for time with yourself and also probably performance and a number of other things. So, well, Absolutely. we're looking forward to hearing more thoughts and feedback and yeah, anything you want to share. Yeah, so, um, so thank you for the time. Of course. No, thank you. This has been amazing. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Mike, so good chatting with you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Awesome. It's good to chat with you as well. Again, Bill, and uh, looking yeah, forward yeah, to see yeah. our other interview come up as well. So this is this has been great. What a great week. <laughs> Thank you. I know, yeah. right? Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll put the thing in the your handle and CrossFit awesome. Health, Cross and, all health that stuff, and all yeah. that in our stuff. Perfect. So. Cool. Thank you so much. Cool. Awesome.